Todd Dills, and in this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, I want to start by parking back to the truckstop.com user conference in Dallas last fall. A radio host and longtime owner-operator coach of sorts, Kevin Rutherford, broke the ice with a room full of brokers this way. Many of my listeners, he said, think the majority of this room are lying, cheating, scumbag parasites sitting in a room with a phone and an internet connection sucking all the profit out of the load. Rutherford went on to note that, of course, brokers do serve a distinct purpose in trucking as the outside sales force for many an independent owner-operator, a model for freight movement that he views as perhaps the most efficient in trucking all around. When it works the way it should, anyway, with honest intentions on either side of the negotiation, Rutherford spelled out his mission to help strengthen the relationships between brokers and independents toward better profitability for owner-operators and a more healthy industry. There's a reason, of course, for the lying, cheating, scumbag, parasite reputation. And part of it was well illustrated in a recent talk I had with Texas-based and Oklahoma domicile one-truck independent James Woods. In Oklahoma City one day, walking out the back door, you know, they got the old, what I call the trash rack right there with all the old big rig owner magazine, not magazine, but like a job thing, you know, you know, right, drive right. for us, this and that. Well, on the back page of one of those, because they always put the owner-operator stuff in the back. I flipped it over, and I looked at the back of it, and it said, uh, make mad money, be a freight broker, 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. Roll now, da-da-da-da, three weeks, or something like that. And it says, make mad money as a broker. Well, that's what's wrong with this country. Because back when I first started driving in the 90s, back when, before cell phones and laptops and all of that, when I used to run produce coast to coast. Produce in California, New York, and Clairol uh, and stuff like that back to California from New York and up. And we used to have to stand out in the rain and the snow and all that on the pay phone talking to the broker. But... Back in those days, when a broker gave you a load, never ever did it cancel, but they never did a better deal you find somebody running cheaper. Back then when they gave you a load, you knew that broker's making 100, 150 bucks a load, so he's moving 10, 12 of them a day. You knew that load was not mysteriously gonna cancel on you, or you know you knew you wasn't gonna be sitting in a dock for 12, 14 hours, not getting paid, uh, things like that. Uh, now those brokers, I don't know where they went. I guess they just got kicked to the curb by the younger generation or they retired. I don't know what happened. But in those days, brokers were respected uh, and they would they would do what, what a broker did back then was enable the shipper and the carrier to connect on a mutual agreement and get a job done at a reasonable rate. The broker make a little money, the carrier make a little money. And the shipper got his product moved quick, clean, easy, on-time delivery. No, you know, no fuss, no mud. Nowadays, it's a whole different ball game because the brokers will get a load list on a Monday. Well, this load needs to move Tuesday. This one needs to move Wednesday. Da 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 da. Well, they'll take Tuesday's load and squeeze it all day long Monday. Tuesday. They'll keep squeezing it up to the 11th hour, and then they'll finally come up on it a little bit. And if they don't move it that Tuesday, they simply call the shipper and say, hey, there was no trucks in the area that day. 
but yet to get that load, they told that shipper, well, I got access to 20,000 trucks on any given day, blah, 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 blah. But then all of a sudden, when they can't make their, you know, their 30% on it, well, there's no trucks in the area. A culture of maximum profit, whatever the cost and toil or honesty be damned, clearly infects some corners of this industry to the detriment too often of those doing the work of hauling a freight. That culture is alive and well, as Woods illustrates in part of our conversation about transparency in freight negotiations. Now, for a little bit of a better introduction to his reefer hauling business, here's Woods. I started out as a company driver, of course, like everybody, you know. Truck, drive, truck driving school down in Mississippi, went to work for a company, uh, worked for them a year or so, left them, went to another company, you know, always trying to better yourself a little bit, uh, better equipment, you know the deal, you know, trying to create some longevity, you know, a little, little bit better security, job situation, and, and of course the dollars doesn't hurt, but uh, just, I did that for seven years, and uh, I decided, I said, well, you know what? Company driver just not the way for me. So I went and bought my first truck through select trucks. I bought a truck through them. I leased it on with a company out of Wisconsin. And I worked for them for the better part of two years. And uh, they went, started, they had a real bad decline. Got my own authority and uh, bought my first trailer. 2005 is when I got my authority. Uh, I got my own authority and uh, Actually, when I got my own authority, I pulled for uh, another company, Power Only, for a while, and uh, it was okay. Uh, it was pretty steady, pretty good money. Uh, I just I didn't like their pay the way they were doing though, because they, you know they would uh, when you ran a trip, they would take the the fuel you bought yesterday out of the money you were going to make tomorrow. So you were always, your checks were always short and this and that and other. You had to, in other words, you had to quit before your checks ever caught up with you. So I just, I left them and uh, went and bought my own trailer, bought me a laptop. I'd never used a laptop before in my life, but I had a buddy that was a lifesaver. He and I met at the Petro in Oklahoma City. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I'm going to starve to death. I don't learn how to use this thing because nowadays, your brokers, they're all online and this and that and other. And, you know, I, you know, so I had a, I had a two day school right there at the driver's lounge in the Petro in Oklahoma city, learned how to use a laptop enough to get by. Got on there with, just started calling brokers and getting loads and it just progressed from there. And, uh, I ran a dry box for several years and, uh, now I'm stepped up to reefer. And that's how I got to where I am today. Same authority, Cyclone Logistics, same way I started out. And what's your company name, James? Cyclone Logistics. And uh, I just, I've made a couple of changes. Like I say, I went from dry box to reefer. Of course, I've, I've worn out a couple of trucks. Yeah, what are you in today? I mean, what, what truck are you in today? Just curious oh, I'm in a Freightliner today. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm in a Freightliner Century class. I pull a Wabash trailer with a Thermo King reefer. And uh, it's an 07 model. It's in, it's in immaculate condition. It's, I keep it up. And the guy that owned it before I did, he did fantastic maintenance on it. So the truck is strong and like the old Energizer, runs strong, lasts long, all of that. So it's in good <laughs> shape. And uh, I just uh, go wherever. I run mostly from like, I live in 
uh, my company's out of Oklahoma, but I live in Dallas now. So I run mostly like the Valley up to Michigan or the Valley up to Nebraska, back and forth, stuff like that. Occasionally I'll go to the Carolinas, Florida, if somebody just twists my arm, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, little, a little more difficult getting back out of that area probably. Yes, it is. It's very difficult. The Carolinas used to be fantastic, but the brokers have got in there and they're in such a fighting contest with each other. The rates have been cut so bad. To, if you go to the Carolinas now on South Georgia and all of that, you just you go at your own risk. You better get paid good going in because you're not going to get anything coming out. You know, that kind of gets us to the subject at hand, I suppose. I mean, we, we had a little conversation before this about, you know, just about the... Uh, control uh, of, the, of, of, of the freight that uh, most owner-operators are running by uh, brokerages, and they seem to be multiplying at a rapid clip. Uh, I mean, you know, the bigger ones getting bigger, uh, more control over the, over the freight. And, and, you, and you took issue, I know, with uh, you know, sort of the lack of transparency in, uh, in the pricing uh, of, of loads out there. Talk a little bit about um, about what you see there as the problem, and, and then we can maybe talk a little bit about the solution there, I guess. Well, first of all, you said the lack of transparency. Okay, there is no transparency. And first off, let me, let me, let me clarify, I'm not an owner-operator. I am a carrier. I have a USDOT number. I have an MC number. I have to pay IFTA. I have to pay insurance. I have, I have to pay everything J.B. Hunt and Warner pays. Only I got one truck, they got thousands. That's the difference between me and them. Uh, sure. Uh, and uh, when I, as a carrier, call the brokers, some of you bigger ones, like the number two in the U.S., what they profess to be, number two, $20 million a month, you know, this and that and the other. I've had several conversations with them. I'd call on a load from, just say, Atlanta to Dallas. Well, all I got in it is, you know, 1200 you know, blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, really? That's all you got in it? Yeah. I said, okay, well, show me your your freight tender. If all you got in is 1200 I'll run it for 1200 If you show me your tender, you prove me that that's all you got in it. Oh, well, I can't, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to do that. Why would I do that? Because they got $2,200, $2,300 in the load. That's why. And me and so many I've got all, I don't know how many friends that are carriers, small towns like me. And of course, we all meet and we talk. We're part of the few because I'm going to touch on that in just a minute. But the system is set up where they don't want us talking. Okay, it's not like it used to be. The whole trucking industry has changed. They don't want drivers talking anymore, any interaction. The more division out there, the better everybody likes it. We get together and we talk about things like that, this and that and other. Well, you know, this number two, $20 million a month company told you all they had in was 1200 Well, that was Wednesday. Well, Friday morning, they called me, offered me 19 the same load. I'm white. My friend is black. And we call each other the salt and pepper brigade. We run together a lot. And, I mean, we got similar equipment. We live in the same place. We're both married to Filipinos. And, you know, we just got so much in common. And we met by chance years ago, and we just, we're tight. We're buds. Uh, anyway, we shared all this information. Well, hey, you need to call this guy, or you need to call this guy. This guy's straight. This guy, avoid him, you know. Anyway, 
he, he told me that. He said, you know, they offered you at 12 or 13, whatever it was, they offered me 19. If you ask the broker, well, you, uh, well, show me your transparent, you know, be transparent, show me your, they'll hang up on you. They'll just hang up. But you don't want it, somebody else to take it. Well, see, we as a carrier, we have nobody. Nobody stands up for the carriers. Everybody stands up. The industry has gotten so geared toward brokers. That's like if I call it, I've had so many shippers tell me, well, James, honestly, what are you going to do for me? You've got one truck, one truck. What are you going to do for me? I say, well, I start out at one load a week. You work with me, there'll be two loads a week. Keep working with me, I'll have 10 trucks. And then you can see, well, I just can't wait this, and I can't wait that, and i got to use a broker this, a broker that. And I said, oh, well, what you're saying is you're too busy to save your company money. And, and, of course, they don't like it, you know, so, and they don't want to deal with it. And that's why me and my buddy run together the Salt and Pepper Brigade, because we have managed to get our foot in the door in one or two places because we run together. And we're taking yeah, so like two loads at a time. It's smaller right. people, not the, big, not the big guys, but the smaller people. And then, and of course, that being seasonal with produce, you know, it's, that comes and goes, and then we're back to dealing with brokers again, and this and that, and the other, and the transparency. And it's just such a, I mean, I could talk for hours and hours and hours on the transparency thing and what brokers do, but there is no watchdog committee out there to control the brokers. The brokers are running rampant because there, there's nobody to control Woods has lately taken a little bit of heart that, uh, the Baxter and Bailey, Baxter and Bailey Associates uh, legal team, uh, which brands itself as, as the quote first debt collection firm exclusive to trucking, uh, exists. They, uh, their, their mission is simple, as they say on their website: "We collect money you thought lost." And they they publish a list uh, as well of uh, what uh, Woods calls deadbeat brokers. And another thing I want to touch on about brokers and this happens to me I sat and figured it up the other night I've got nine thousand dollars in the last five months and I've got another twenty uh, six hundred pending that I'm supposed to hear on today from brokers okay now this twenty six hundred is depending on the day is not a better deal thing uh, that's just they didn't get paid for what I was supposed to do anyway uh, I've got nine thousand something dollars due to brokers with loads that mysteriously cancel. Okay, these loads are not mysteriously canceling because a lot of times I'm smart enough to call the shipper. A lot of drivers, the broker will call that driver and say, "Hey, that load cancel." I'm sorry, dude. Look, here's uh, fifty bucks for deadhead or this and that and that. I'm sorry. Blah, 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 right. that load got pushed off your Friday or Monday or this and that. The driver is not smart enough to call that shipper because you already have that shipper's information. You got a rate sheet. You got the shipper's phone number. Yeah. Call that shipper because two times. Now, I'm not going to mention the broker's name because that's, I don't want to get any litigation or this and that and other. Uh, I've turned them over to this, you know, uh, bad broker company over here. And uh, they're, they're researching and trying to get my money with no effect yet. But anyway, they will uh, give you a load and uh, 
if they feel that they overpaid you, because they'll get in a bind. First off, a broker calls you, he's in a bind. If the broker calls you, like, it, for instance, this load, broker called me and said, man, this load, driver fell off of it. I really got to get this load moved. It's an Otis Spunkmeyer cookie dough load. It's really got to go, blah, blah, blah. I need you to deadhead 250 miles, pick it up, and deliver it. And I'll pay you the deadhead for 250 miles. Just be there by 8 o'clock tonight. Grab it and go. We arrived at a at a figure. It's like eighteen hundred dollars. Okay, go. Just here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll email you the stuff. Do it. Blah 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 blah. Well, I'm about thirty miles away from the shipper when the phone rang. The broker, James. I'm so sorry, dude. That load canceled. They just they canceled that load indefinitely. They don't know when it's gonna ship now. Uh, they didn't have the product or something, blah, blah, blah. So I said, oh, well, he said, I'm going to pay you uh, $200 for your deadhead. And I said, no, because I done deadhead 250 miles. You're not paying me $200. And uh, he said, well, that's all my company will allow, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the truck, the truck so order is not used, right? Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Right, right. So, and I accepted it because I was tired. It was the end of the day. I mean, I got this thing like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was jumping through a hoop to get there to do a good job, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I pulled right up to the facility in the parking lot, and I said, you know, I'm going to take a break here. I'll make some coffee, fix me a sandwich or something, and then look on my app for a truck stop, you know, something to park for the night. Well, I went down to a little local mom-and-pop deal down there, and uh, we're sitting there. And I was fuming. And I said, uh, well, I don't know, it's probably too late tonight. And in the morning, I'm going to call. The next morning, I call. I mean, I, I called down there to the, to the place. And they said, no, James, that load didn't cancel. That load left here last night about 8.30. And I said, say, what? They said, no, that load left here last night about 8.30. Uh, and I forget, they told me the name of the carrier. And I said, well, so-and-so, so-and-so was the broker on that load, correct? She said, yeah, that's the broker, and so-and-so, so-and-so was the carrier. So when I called the carrier back, I mean the broker back, oh, James, they're mistaken, that's wrong, that's a lie, that's this, that's that, blah, 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 blah. Well, how many times does that happen to a carrier? I mean, and let's face it, Todd, a carrier like me, small time, I make decent money. I'm not rich. How many times do I have to lose an $1,800 or $2,500, $3,500 load before I'm belly up? And, I mean, my insurance payment is $900 a month. Thank God I don't have a truck payment. So do you see what? It's that type of stuff. Brokers, there is nobody. I mean, who do you complain to? We've got a company out there, and I don't, I'm not going to mention their name. I probably should for their benefit. It would help them. But anyway, they're, they're a watchdog committee as far as trying to collect your money. They're a collection agency because there are a lot of things. You can't file on a broker's bond for a load canceling, even if you can prove it, I don't think. And I've got one for 3000 I've got another one that a broker misdirected me and turned me around, sent me back the other way, wouldn't send me a rate sheet, didn't get paid for that. I mean, it's just so many ways that brokers can do you in the poor carrier. There's just no transparency at all, and we have no protection. We have no. Who's, 
what's this uh, what's this group that uh, that you were talking about? You can tell me their name. Bill Baxter, Baxter and Bailey. They're uh, okay. they're kind of a deadbeat broker collection agency. They I get an email from them all oh, every three or four days, a new broker, bad broker watch list and they print okay. out the names of the brokers that they they have received from clients with issues. Yep. Now and it's not it's not only just non payment or like getting a better deal or something. It's other issues like they won't pay you you know, they collect the detention and stuff and then they won't pay you and so brokers are notorious for that. They'll collect their detention but then they won't pay you. They'll say, Well this guy don't pay detention but yet they want your in and out times and all of that. And uh, there's just like I say, there's no transparency. Finally today, I thought I'd share in this venue some of my brief interview with Fayetteville, North Carolina owner-operator Dickie Penrod, who came out with a brand new 2017 Western Star 5700 XC, beautiful red pearl, at the end of Landstar's annual All-Stars recognition event this past weekend here in Nashville. Landstar's been giving away two trucks a year via their contractor events for a while now, making the pretty randomized process to the final winner, much like what you might see in a game show. Pretty neat. If you missed the news and the video we posted uh, at OverdriveOnline.com earlier in the week, I'll say I don't think I've ever seen anyone quite as happy as on Rockford Penrod when he realized he was a winner. What's it feel like to bring home a brand new piece of equipment without spending a dime? Well, he's doing right. Been with Landstar 16 slash 17 years. I think I'm in the middle of 16 and 17. Um, I go where the money's at. Yeah, sure. I don't do it by the mile. I do it by the dollar. Okay, and I'll deadhead wherever I got to go to get a good paying loan. Okay. I don't sit still. Do you work work with multiple agencies? I work for the whole network. network. The whole network. And... uh, it's paid off. <laughs> yeah. It's paid off. So, I've got uh, my current truck is my second truck. I started with Landstar with a 98 Pete. Okay. Okay. I put 2.8 million miles on that truck, and then I finally needed to get a new truck. So I got a 2014 Freightliner Cascadia New Evolution. Okay. So it's an extremely recently. good truck. Yeah. I couldn't afford a Western Star, or I would have got one because it was a Western Star Sterling Freightliner dealership that I went to, and I was looking at the Western Stars, but they're expensive. They're like the they're like the Cadillac of trucks. Sure, sure. So the next thing down was a Freightliner Cascadia New Evolution. That's not going down, by the way. It's a good truck, and I've put. It's still a new truck. I got only, I only got three hundred twenty thousand miles on it. Right. Just had a couple uh, of years, and so what are you what are you gonna do now? You, you gonna... well, I'm gonna sell the Cascadia. Okay, sure. I'm gonna be in the Western Star. Yeah, yeah. Might as well. <laughs> and I'm gonna go to work. Uh, I think when I get looking. it home, I'm gonna wax it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna go to work. Yeah, sure. Um, and without my wi- wife. I wouldn't even look, be able to do any of this. What's your wife's name? Leslie. 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 And uh, without her support, you can't be a trucker. Sure. You just can't do it. 
So uh, she's supported me all this time. And, honey, it's paid off. <laughs> oh, good deal. I mean, all the ups and downs. You know what I'm yep. saying? It's not yep. all a bed of roses. It's yep. not. And, nope. uh, but, Matt, I'm sitting in clover now. 